0: Welcome into this postgame edition of Locked on Grizzlies. My name is Peter Edmiston. Thank you for joining me. And uh, for those of you Grizzly fans out there, and I'm guessing that's about 99% of you listening, I wish I had better news for you. I don't. It was a loss at home as the Grizzlies returned home after a five-game road swing, and they did so with a frustrating 116-113 loss to the Indiana Pacers in spite of a historically excellent night Statistically from Mark Gasol, who finished with uh, tremendous 35 points, 13 rebounds, 5 assists, 5 blocks, 12 of 24 from the field in his 39 minutes of action. First player to record those stats in a regular, in a regulation game, I should say, since Kevin Garnett uh, 14 years ago. Pretty extraordinary stuff from Mark Gasol, and yet it came in a loss as the Grizzlies just completely dropped the rope defensively for about I don't know 39 minutes of this game, then tried to pick it back up with four minutes to play and it just was uh, was not enough a very frustrating game for the Grizzlies uh, and if you were watching, uh, a very frustrating game I would imagine for fans uh, it was uh, it was one where you know afterwards uh, there was a lot of irritation in the locker room, a lot of irritation from David Fisdale about, uh, what he saw defensively from this group, and we're going to hear uh, from Fizdale. Not though in the postgame, I'm gonna, you're going to hear uh, some of the stuff that, that he discussed with uh, with me before the game about Mike Conley and his injury situation. As I want to give you uh, an update on on where that stands, and you'll hear his discussion uh, about that. No Mike Conley for the Grizzlies uh, in this matchup, as he's resting that sore Achilles, and in his place, Mario Chalmers started. But it didn't really matter because the Grizzlies continued to get off to bad starts. And even with Mario Chalmers replacing Mike Conley, even with Jermichael Green making a much-needed return to action, uh, it still was a rough group, rough starting group, rough start for the Grizzlies that carried over into most of of the game. Uh, As for Jermichael Green and his return, he looked um, very rusty, understandably so. He did hit a three. was three or four from the field for eight points. Did have three turnovers, though. And, you know, defensively, not great. Um, you know, he, he was he was off from a communication standpoint. Um, you know, missed some assignments. Uh, fell asleep a couple times. That's stuff that is not unusual for a guy returning the way he was. But uh, on a night like this for the Grizzlies, it really didn't help. And it would have been nice to get the full-strength Jermichael Green back. Unfortunately, that guy's probably not be back for another week or two, so you'll have to deal with uh, limited Jermichael Green. In the meantime, James Ennis uh, had a, a really rough game, just was a non-entity, and you know, the starting unit is full of non-entities. I thought Dylan Brooks tonight was not up to his norm, and... You know, maybe that comes with the the group that he was playing with. Um, you know, maybe it's teams adjusting. Maybe it's playing against the Pacers um, and you know playing against you know, really active, moving, offensive guys. That you know whether it's Oladipo or Collison or Corey Joseph, uh, he was constantly dealing with guys that were very aggressive out there. And, you know, I think he 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 got caught napping a couple times on some cuts to the basket, which, you know, that that hasn't always been the case for him. He's been pretty, pretty aware out there. Um, you know, he struggled defensively to deal with their aggression and he was good going to the basket, but missed all of his outside shots as the Grizzlies really missed uh, <laughs> a ton of threes. They were eight of 32 from three in this ball game. Yeah, not a great game for for Dylan Brooks. Uh, Chandler Parsons was excellent off the bench, one of his better games, and finished the game. In fact, played more minutes than he's played uh, at any time as a Grizzly. 25 minutes and 22 seconds. That eclipses his previous total by 12 seconds, ladies and gentlemen. His previous high in minutes was 25-10. He's at 25-22. So, sound the Chandler Parsons alarm. He finished this game and finished as a 3 which was interesting in that closing lineup that that really did finally kind of get something going with Chalmers, Tyreek, uh Chandler at the 3, Marcus All and Brandon Wright, uh two bigs playing together against uh the Pacers team yet yeah, the way that they ended up lining up down the stretch with Sabonis alongside Miles Turner allowed uh, the Grizzlies to get away with that lineup because Sabonis is not the kind of big that's going to stretch and, and cause you those problems. It was it was a lineup that, that, that worked pretty well, and, and Brandon Wright was able to get some weak side shot blocking and uh, help if Parsons needed it, but Parsons played really pretty solidly on defense and, and didn't necessarily need all that much help. Uh, I asked uh, Chandler after the game how he felt about playing as a three and how he felt about you know that that role alongside uh, mark and brandon and here's what he had to say
1: more than comfortable that's what i played my whole career and our, our three and four are very similar in our offense and you know when we have a lineup out there with uh, you know, a dylan brooks and a james and me and j mike all like size we can all switch on defensive end and you know we, you might be mismatched a little bit with a little guy who's faster or a guy who's stronger but you know as long as you play hard, good things are going to happen, and that's what I continue to do.
0: So it was a a good step in the right direction on a personal level from Chandler Parsons, but you get the sense and you could hear in his voice that he's pretty frustrated about the way the game went, but that's true of everybody. You know, uh, Tyreek Evans had another big statistical night uh, in a loss. Uh, for him, the Grizzlies, It's it's been a huge Seven game stretch for him, but it hasn't really coincided with Grizzly victories. I don't think that's his fault. I think that's more of a just a, a side effect of injury and everything else. But but he's once again stepped up. Um, wasn't quite as effective, certainly uh, from the outside. He was one of five from three, but you still saw those you know, bulldozing drives to the basket. Eighteen points, six boards, nine assists for Tyreek, a steal, and a couple of blocks too. Uh, he was very active. Very, very active, and uh, I'm not putting any of this on on Tyreek. Uh, ben Mclemore was uh, better in this game, although still, you know, I, I, there's there's still some a lot of moments on defense that I I scratch my head at. But at least getting to the basket, getting some offensive boards, he was better and more active. Uh, still uh, a long way from being back to what I guess would be his best. I uh, don't know exactly what that is. As you told me, I'm not, I, as I've told you, I'm not, wasn't my favorite signing, but uh, he at least was lo- was looking livelier and showed a little more in this ball game than he had in, in previous ones. Wayne Seldon also played uh, the most that he's played this year in nearly 15 minutes, but was mostly um, a, a non-factor, looked very rusty out there uh, during that time. We'll hear from. Uh, Marcus all coming up here in uh, just a couple moments as he talked a little bit about what happened after the game. I mentioned it was a, a big night statistically for for Mark, 35 points, 13 rebounds, five assists, five blocks, eight of nine from the foul line, 12 of 24 from the field, but still a minus 10. Single game plus minus has very it's a lot of limitations for sure. But in this case, I bring that up because it's illustrative of who he played with and kind of what happened when he was out there. And defensively, you know, Mark has not been at his best this year, was not really at his best tonight, although he did have a few really spectacular plays uh, in moments. So I I think, you know, what what he's being asked to do to marshal this group is not easy, and he's playing with... A lot of different personnel out there. You know, he's got that lineup with, with Jermichael and Ennis and that starting group and then you you're playing also alongside Chandler and Brandon Wright, totally different feel for how things are gonna go, different um speed, different athleticism, different approach that has to be taken. So Mark's dealing with a lot of these things defensively. And uh, you know, I asked Mark uh, kinda just after it was all said and done, not on, on tape or anything, but I was like, I mean, do you think this is a good game for you? Yeah, Because this, it's a funny question because you think, well, yeah, I mean, look at the statistics. But uh Mark very, very plainly said no, no. And he was extremely irritated by the way that the team played defense and by the way things went. And he said, uh, no, not a good game at all. Doesn't matter about the numbers. And that's been pretty consistent from Mark throughout what he did say when I asked him uh, on tape about the defense and about how things went and why the first three quarters or so were so bad and there was such an improvement late too late as it turned out Uh, his answer uh, very interesting
1: communication discipline um, awareness Mm. you know
0: sometimes it looks like effort
1: but uh, I don't believe uh, that nobody goes out there, you know, not trying to give effort, but I think, you know, the awareness and the concentration that you need and discipline um, to recognize what, you know, what every play they're trying to run, what they're trying to accomplish, um, to have five guys um, understand that at the same time and moving as a unit. Um, we're going to need at least 38 to 42 minutes of that uh, if we want to have a, a chance. That would give you consistency, the difference is what, you know, what gives, because you're going to have some great nights offensively, some good nights, but there's going to be nights that you're not going to be so, so good. And, uh, and but defensively, I, I, I don't think there should ever be any, an excuse um, to not be consistent. And uh, because that I, just, I you know, it's simple. The difference is like, you, you see what they're trying to run, you see what they're trying to accomplish, And uh, you communicate it, and then it's just a ripple effect that uh, you need to, um, you know, multiple efforts, um, you know, and everybody being on the same page.
0: Is that communication hampered by the fact that the lineups are so different, again, with no mic, with no guys coming back in? We all
1: speak English, I mean, you know, it doesn't matter, you know, sort of English. (laughs) so, I, th- I don't think that new guys, I mean, they all, we all speak the same language, we all train together, we all practice. Um, I don't think it has anything to do with uh, personnel. I never, like, I seem very, um, not here, but uh, young or, or uh, if you want to call it, untalented players um, have a huge impact on the game defensively for a very long time. So talent or you yeah. know, inexperience or age doesn't mean much. It's, it's more of uh, being really aware and concentrated and, and having, you know, as, as my good guy say, uh, your antennas up.
0: That's a you know, frustrated mark, um, but I, I think he's got, he makes some good points uh, about communication, about you know, being able to talk to one another, and about the fact that, that all these guys do practice and play together, even though some of these lineups are a little unfamiliar it still shouldn't necessarily mean that you're completely starting from scratch with your defensive principles. The principles stay the same for the most part, no matter who's out there. The fact that you can't observe those is a problem. Listen, Indiana's got a good offense. You know The Pacers, it's one of those things that a lot of people maybe haven't picked up on yet this year, but they are uh, one of the better offenses in the league. They've been, you know, ranked at the top ten up to I think it's at some points they've been top five. Um maybe really early on. They've fallen off a little bit from that. But they've got guys that can that can get it done. You know, Darren Collison had 30 points tonight on 13 shots. Incredible efficiency. Oladipo not as efficient, but still pretty effective. Uh, 21 points. Pacers as a team 12 of 24 from behind the three-point line, and Boyan Bogdanovich, 4 of 6, and he was a real problem. Uh, Corey Joseph was also a problem with his uh, aggressive play um, off the bench. I I thought, and I was hoping, frankly, I was disappointed in what we saw from Lance versus Tyreek. I really hoped that we saw, we would see just some straight-up, like one-on-one, iso ball, one possession after the other, you come after me, I come after you, and it never really happened with Lance and, and Tyreek, although Lance was pretty effective, actually, 8-7-5 and five in his 19 minutes uh, of play, very much a bootleg Tyreek Evans out there. So Indiana, they're a good team, and they hadn't been playing well coming into this ballgame. That's a good offensive team, and if you don't take them seriously, and the Grizzlies, quite frankly, didn't take them seriously, for most of this game they will cause you problems. Grizzlies have got to figure out what is happening defensively because it's not like it's just this game. This game was particularly bad, but it's been over the course of the last 7 ball games. So if you if you take this 14 game stretch, Grizzlies are 7 and 7. You take the first 7 games and you take the last 7 games. First seven games, the Grizzlies had a defensive rating of 97.6. Very good. Last seven games, the Grizzlies have a defensive rating of 108.0. Not very good. Now, they've been without Mike Conley for a couple of those games, first and last of those games. They were on the road for five of those seven games. But be that as it may they've gone from being a very very solid defensive group to uh, a pretty lax one and it's indicative of where things are with this team right now they they they're still so wildly inconsistent and frustratingly inconsistent at times it's a, it's a problem for them it's also a problem if you think about where things are with Mike Conley right now and uh, after this you'll hear David Fisdale's description of what's happening with Mike Conley and his Achilles. Before the game on Wednesday, I talked with David Fisdale about Mike Conley and about you know, what, what's happening with him. Conley ends up sitting out in last night's game with the Achilles uh, injury, and it, it's a sore Achilles, and it's, it's something that's been a problem for Mike all year. And listen to David Fizdale explain how things have gone what he wants to do what's going to happen you know from here and and, and where things go
2: you know obviously we're gonna get some uh, some different opinions on it and just see if it's some kind of you know if it's something that uh, he's doing and that we're doing that we can do differently um, you know obviously giving him a game off is gonna help it just kind of cool off for a minute uh, but, yeah, it's, it's just been a very frustrating, uh, you know, 12 games, 13 games uh, for him and for all of us because uh, I think we can see it. I mean, it's not really uh, – he can't hide it. You know, the guy, is, the guy is giving us everything he can, but he's doing it on one foot right now. Uh, and so we got to figure something out with that to, to, you know, get him better and back to us as fast as possible.
0: Did you guys ever pinpoint – what happened? Because he had a good preseason. First game it he looked okay, and then, and then.
2: literally nothing happened. It was just all of a sudden it flared, basically. And it's you know when you're when you play the speed position and everything is planting on that foot and pushing and going. Uh, once that thing flared up, it was just like he immediately went, um, you know, dropped off, and he, you know he was taking three steps for anything that normally he would take one step for. He was revving up for everything. His shot was off balance, his floater, he couldn't, you know, get on balance for that because that, he has to push off of that foot to get into his floater. And so it was just a really tough situation for him. And, you know, obviously, you know how I am when it comes to that. I'm more concerned about him and how he's doing mentally and, and emotionally with this whole thing because he really had a great summer. He came back in great shape. He was ready to play at the pace that we wanted to play at. He wanted to build on the San Antonio series and, you know, for whatever reason this thing is aggravated. and So we just got to figure it out around him and, and keep, uh, you know, keep putting ourselves in position to win games. But this all took place the other day where, you know, when we got back, I just sat down with him, I said, what's up? You know, come on, let's talk about it and be honest with me. And he was really open and honest, and he just said, it's been miserable. And uh, he said, I just can't push off of it right now because the pain is, you know, and, and the thought of it, you know, when you've already had past Achilles history and that pain is always hitting, you're going to back off of it because you don't want to take it to that next level and push it so that now all of a sudden a real injury occurs. And so all of that's going on with them. And, you know, it's just it's the right move to try to figure out, you know, how do we get them for more games now than, than not and how do we save them from really injuring that thing.
0: I have to admit I was a little bit alarmed, actually, um, in listening to that description. It doesn't sound to me like it's uh, a short-term deal. It doesn't sound to me like it's something that's just going to kind of be fixable and go away. This one sounds like it's going to stick around for a while. This one sounds like it could be uh, a problem for an extended period of time for Mike, You know, considering it's, it's lasted this long in the season. He's tried to play through it he's had intense pain as you heard David Fisdale discuss to the point where it was you know really hurting the team to have him out there hurts the team to have him not out there hurts team to have him out there it's a tough spot because you're kind of damned if you do damned if you don't with something like this it's hard for him to sit down but but he felt like he had to at this point for the good of the team and I think he's right I think also as as Fisdale points out at the end there and we talked about this yesterday on the pod you 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 have a, a situation like this in an injury with the Achilles you can't mess with it you can't go screwing around with the achilles because if you do you're going to find yourself in some trouble potentially and if it if it it pops then it pops big time and you're done and that's a career altering injury so you want to be as careful as you possibly can while also respecting the fact that you need this guy to play and you need him out there as you saw tonight you need a better mike conley um, you know, when he plays, he's got to play better, but it also helps if he can play. Now, does it sound like, doesn't sound like to me he, Mike's going to be back uh, for the Houston game? Now, I could be wrong. They could just, maybe they find, you know, uh, better information or something like that. But if you talk to anyone who's dealt with this kind of a tendonitis situation, a runner or something like that, that's had Achilles tendonitis, Generally the only way to get the pain to stop and to kind of cool that thing off a little bit, to use that term, is to rest. And not like a little rest, like weeks of rest. Uh, not a few games, but you know, you're talking two, three weeks or so. I don't know if that's that's just purely speculation on my part, but it does seem that something is is gonna have to be done because if you remember, the Grizzlies had Mike sit out the Orlando game prior to the five-game road trip, another game that they lost in in close fashion, and in doing so, the idea was okay. Let's let's let him rest here, cool that thing off, and then he's got a full. It was five or six days that he had before the game in Los Angeles to start that road trip. That was thought that maybe that would that would that would help things off. And I guess in the short term, it kind of did, but it didn't take very long for that to be undone. And for him to go through these stretches where he looked really bad, that's obviously not something that's going to work. Sitting him down here and then trying to see if he can play on Saturday, to me, that's kind of exactly what you did before. In fact, it is exactly what you did before. He sat him on a Wednesday, then he ended up playing on that Saturday. That's not going to work. You know, that's, that's not going to work with this thing. There's going to need to be a little bit more to it than that. So, you know, where they go from here, I would I would suggest. Uh, just my guess is uh, he'll miss a few games. They'll continue to reevaluate, try to get him back as quickly as they can. But they need to be very careful about this because you cannot mess around with this Achilles, especially with his history, and you do not want to exacerbate it to the point where he has an extensive big time problem that's that's gonna be uh, an issue for him. The Grizzlies will practice later on today and try to, to to work some things out with this group. It's tough because so many guys are on minutes either limitations or just kind of um, being aware of their minutes I guess is the best way to put it you know David Fisdell was joking a little bit before the game because I was asking him about, you know, how to juggle all these guys. And it's tough because right now he's dealing with a number of guys that are in situations where he has to monitor their minutes, not just, you know, Chandler Parsons. who he's still basically on a 25 minute minutes restriction, but also Tyreek Evans, who is still on a restriction because of his injury history. And, you know, Fisdale said he, he kind of got a little, um, he got, he got a little criticism. Let's just say from the training staff after the game on, um, uh, Monday when Tyreek played, uh, extra minutes in closing out that game against Milwaukee, he said, you know, he had to play him, but he got a little uh, flack from, from them. So he's got to watch Tyreek's minutes. He's got to watch Mario Chalmers minutes. He's got to watch Mark Gasol's minutes, uh, in, in certain games, in certain situations, he's got to watch, uh, watch those minutes. Then, of course, with the returning players, he's got to watch Selden's minutes. He's got to watch Mclemore's minutes. He's got to watch Jermichael Green's minutes because they're all coming back and they can't play full full load. He also has to be mindful of Dylan Brooks because Brooks is still dealing with some knee soreness on top of that. And then you got Mike Conley who's not playing. I mean, think about that. Think about all that, that juggling that has to be done very very difficult so i I think you know Fizdale is dealing with and you're starting to see the result of a team that is banged up really injured and yet they have to practice they can't just rest everyone they can't keep doing that because they've got to form some cohesiveness they got to form a bond they got to start getting some communication they got to play better defensively that only comes with practicing and working on these uh these ideas so it's it's not an easy time right now for the grizzlies and um We'll talk about that uh, tomorrow on the podcast. Also, got uh, a few questions coming in uh, on the email. Please feel free to add some more, and I'll, I'll try to get to those on tomorrow's pod as well. P. Edmiston at gmail.com. That's P. Edmiston, E-D-M-I-S-T-O-N at gmail.com. Please go ahead and send those over. Would love to hear from you about all of those. That would be great. Um, you can also hit me up on Twitter at Peter Edmiston, Thank you very much for listening. Thanks so much for downloading the pod and all the reviews and ratings. Please continue to do that. That would be awesome. I would appreciate that so much. Hope you have a great Thursday. We'll talk to you on tomorrow's edition of Locked on Grizzlies.